Hi, I'm Sam Smeltzer, and you're listening to the Heartworker Book Club Podcast, where we talk about the powerful cultivation practice of reading and writing to inspire both personal and professional growth. We chat with authors about their stories, their books, and the art of the written word. Welcome to the club. I'm so happy you're here. Hello there, and welcome to the Heartworker Book Club podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining me for our official second episode in this brand new podcast that was inspired by the incredible book club of last year that is coming up here in just a couple more episodes. You're going to be meeting them for this season's book club, and it's something you're not going to want to miss. We're actively recording those episodes, and they are awesome. But today is pretty epic as well, because I'm bringing to you my first featured author. And there couldn't be a more perfect author to feature for the first time on this brand new podcast, which is my teacher, Mr. Ted O'Brien. He is the author of of a book called An Altar Boy Goes East. And today we're going to talk to him about his writing process, about the purpose behind the book. And, you know, really my goal here is to talk to authors so that you understand what really moves people to actually materialize a book. Because you hear people all the time, and maybe you're one of them that says, I should write a book. I'm going to write a book. Uh, Yet if you've tried to put words to paper, you know that it's quite a feat when you actually materialize a book and bring it to life. And so since I became a fellow writer and author, I have been a little bit intrigued and somewhat obsessed with other people's stories as to why they brought books to life, what that journey looked like, um, and, and really what they hope the book delivers and who it serves. And Ted's book is a, is a great example of this. So I want to read for you Ted's bio that's on the back of his book, An Altar Boy Goes East. And then I'm going to read you actually the blurb for the book. I think this is just a great intro, you know, just a a little bit behind the scenes. You know, when you're writing a book, you're usually for the first time obsessed with actually writing the actual text and content for the book. Then once you finish that, you've got all this other stuff you have to write. One of which is condensing everything that you put into a book on a small blurb that's going to be used to market the book on the back. So it's the first impression that really, you know, encourages you as the reader, if you're going to pick it up or not. Um, and, and those are the first people that start reading the book are the ones that this blurb speaks to. And then hopefully they start passing the book on and that's how they, how it gets traction. Um, and then on top of that, the little blurb about the author that's on the back of the book or in the book sleeve is the way that we quickly establish credibility, uh, to the best of our ability so that you believe that I'm, I'm qualified to talk about whatever's in the book. Um, so anyways, so I say that and, and because of that, I'm going to, I'm going to respect the writing efforts that go into the, uh, blurbs that go on the back of the book. And that's why we're going to kick off these author episodes by reading those blurbs that are there. 
So let's learn a little bit about Ted O'Brien. So Ted O'Brien's an expert in Chinese energetic medicine, is the director and lead instructor at the East Coast Institute of Medical Qigong in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Using his 20 years of experience treating thousands of patients with acupuncture and Qigong energy healing, he teaches and trains students how to awaken their God-given healing gifts. He travels extensively for pleasure, adventure, and in pursuit of learning about the world's great healing traditions. He enjoys sharing knowledge about Eastern medicine, lecturing throughout the U.S. at major universities, colleges, and medical schools. He possesses degrees from the University of Massachusetts, the Maryland Institute of Traditional Chinese Medicine, and the International Institute of Medical Qigong. Now, let's hear what this book an Altar Boy Goes East, Discovering the Healing Jesus is about. An Altar Boy Goes East is a brilliant, humble, and inspiring story even skeptics can embrace. The reader is challenged to take a deeper look at Eastern and Western philosophy and religious practice and into their own souls. Author Ted O'Brien, a devout Catholic raised in a small Western Massachusetts town, becomes fascinated by the magnificent stories of Jesus healing the sick. His journey to discover how Jesus healed is described in captivating detail from the intricacies of growing up and coming to terms with Jesus, the Bible, and the possibility of healing as a real and accessible skill to navigating the tensions between Catholicism and Eastern philosophies. We see how Ted discovers and later embodies Jesus as a healer. For many Christians, especially in the West, the suggestion that we might have something to learn from Eastern teachings might make us an uneasy or even angry. This notion seems to contradict traditional Christian philosophy. Ted teaches us to overcome our fears and rechannel our energy as a healing force through the sophisticated integration of Eastern and Western spiritual disciplines. The revelations are startling as cultures collide in the visionary book in Altar Boy goes east and now without further ado is my extremely awesome interview with ted o'brien enjoy so i'm very excited to have with me my teacher the amazing author of an altar boy goes east mr ted o'brien thank you sam i appreciate it and i'm happy to be here Yes. And I will also say that, Ted, you were probably one of the few live episodes that I do. So I, we're actually in Gettysburg interviewing Ted live in his studio. So putting me right back in the place where I am the student again. <laughs> great, great. So you usually do it virtually. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we're doing it old school. This yeah. is like the old school way. I feel honored. You drove an hour. I did. Yeah. Or, or longer with all yeah. the traffic yeah. and the weird things that are happening today in the area. Yeah. So. So, Ted, I want to talk about this book um, because this book was, it was the reason why I said yes to coming into this classroom space in the first place when I was considering starting this journey about this weird modality called medical Qigong that I didn't really have any idea what it was. Um, and I was thinking back when I read this book back then, and it was, it was overwhelming but at the same time, super reassuring and calming at the same time um, that it allowed me to say yes and just start the journey. Um, and then as we have known each other over the last three years, I've gotten to learn about what went into you writing this book, um, which is very different than when I write a book. Mm -hmm. So let's start before you talk about your writing process. What made you decide to even begin the journey of writing this book? Mm. 
So basically, as a, as a backdrop to the audience, um, I'm a licensed acupuncturist. I've been practicing Chinese medicine for over 20 years, and <clears throat> I always had a fascination with healing. So when I was a kid, um, I was a Catholic, you know, and altar boy, and I always used to ask my priests, my mother, my Sunday school teachers, uh, how did Jesus heal people? And never got any answers other than, you know, it's a gift from God and it's a secret of God and it's not for us to know. It's not, you know, it's just between him and God. And so I left it, you know, I let it be and forgot about it and went on with my life. And in my early 20s after college, in a busy time of my life, obviously, um, I started to get sick. <clears throat> so I went to the doctor because doctors know everything and you're taught to go to the medical doctor in Western medicine but they didn't have answers for me. And they said, oh, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. But I knew something was wrong because I, I was tired, my body hurt, and digestive problems, I, I, just all sorts of pain in my body. So I decided to become my own doctor. I started learning and researching and figuring out what was wrong and stumbled upon Chinese medicine. My girlfriend at the time, her mother was seeing an acupressure therapist. and my girlfriend said, hey, you should try that, you know, and you'd be into that, you know, for some reason she thought I'd be into it. And I was, I just immediately drew, drew to it and just went knee deep, you know, you know, all into it with Chinese medicine. So it started with acupressure then acupuncture. Then I went into medical Qigong, went to China, went to India, and I just couldn't get enough. I wanted to learn everything I could about healing and the East. Um, and as I did this for, you know, over a decade, I just kept seeing these correlations between uh, the Eastern healers and Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the answers I had, the questions I had as a kid started coming to fruition um, and I saw the correlations and I just kept thinking to myself, you know, boy, this would be an interesting story, you know, the way I grew up and went into Eastern medicine and, you know, but I'm not a writer, you know, how can I make this happen and uh, just certain things happen. Uh, and it came together, and I finally started writing. Mm. So, You know, it's really uh, interesting to me as you tell that story about how you traveled, and I've had my interactions with you predominantly in the classroom, but one of the times during class we went out to, we went out to the woods to do some other kind of cultivation, and that was the first time I got to see you. Well, there's a couple of other times I have too, mm. but seeing you interact with the outside world because you, like, you're extroverted, ism kind of takes over and you mm. ask tons of questions and mm. you're just like in it. Mm. So the idea of you traveling to all those places, mm. I can't even imagine how much knowledge you gained just mm. knowing the way that you are when you get in contact with people mm. who have information that you want and yeah. are curious about. Yeah. yeah, it was great, you know, going east and um, especially like in India, they like worship Americans for some reason <laughs> and uh, you know they're like taking pictures of me and stuff it felt like a movie star at times you know just like people would just randomly come up and interact and I loved it um, I'm actually in some ways an introvert uh, but I love connecting with people I love sharing ideas talking making people feel good and and just you know touching people every day you know we have a chance to touch people and so when you saw me I know I remember exactly you know when we were out in the woods and bike riders would come by and I'd be like hey how's it going you know and, and that's just the way I am I like to connect with people yeah yeah well and I think that is what gave you so much information to write this book because this book is even when I was thinking back to it I didn't remember it being so big and then when I picked it up in preparation for this I was like 
there is a lot in here. Mm. And I remember, I guess I just got lost in it because I was, that's where I was in my life is needing mm. this. You know, one of the things about this book is you kind of pose it as the initial read for those preparing to take your courses. Um, and sometimes I think people would think, well, of course you're going to do that as an author because then it helps your book sales. Um, yet knowing you, I don't think that's part of this. I think it's because there is information in here that I think helps people understand if this is the path mm. for them. Yeah. Um, do you believe that? Like, why is this, why do you view the content in this book like the prerequisite for people who are looking for that next step mm. in their journey of becoming a healer? Yeah, you're right. You know, people probably think I'm just trying to sell my book, but, um, you know, if I were doing this all over again and starting Medical Qigong, I would want to read this book because even though people look at the cover, you know, there's a picture of Buddha and Jesus on the cover and it talks about an altar boy goes east. People think it's probably a religious book, but it's really all about medical Qigong. And it explains, I believe it explains medical Qigong better than any Qigong book I've ever read. Um, you know, there's technic more technical books, but this brings it to life um, as an American person uh, practicing medical Qigong, uh, ancient Taoist healing art. Um, I think it explains it and the emotional connection and how you pull out emotions and uh, pull out people's pain and trauma and heal people, um, much like Jesus did, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and in here you tell several stories, whether they are your own or ones that you've heard from close friends that bring to life things that we were taught from a religious perspective are demons or evil or things that I think were instilled in us as fear, and you turn them into basically just things that make us human mm. and how we can actually help them. Mm. Um, and I think one of the most powerful things for this book for me as someone who was raised Catholic as well and really struggled to believe what this journey means, if being a healer means that I don't believe in God, and you finally made it all make sense as to how it is the next path, whether you want to be spiritually evolving um, or feel like you are on the right side of being ethically right or moral mm -hmm. or in good integrity with mm -hmm. yourself. Sure. Um, and I feel like you got that resolve as well as you were writing that book. I mean, mm -hmm. when you were piecing all of this together, how did that grow and really change you when you were able to articulate exactly what you've learned mm -hmm. over that path? Yeah, you know, while I, while I wrote the book, I learned so much. You know, I was researching while I wrote, and it wasn't just my story. It was backing up all the information, um, you know, with uh, research and facts and evidence and studies. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're taught certain things in religion, you know, especially in the Catholic religion. And we're taught that certain things are bad or wrong, like healing or meditation or Eastern practices or evil or they're of the devil and things like that. And it's just nonsense. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, Jesus, I believe, uh, wanted us, wanted us all to connect and, and be like-minded and not seculate, you know, be secular in different religions. You know, there's a, hundreds of Christian religions alone, you know, and that divides us ultimately. And, you know, one of the messages in my book is to bring us back together and just love each other. It doesn't matter what religion we are. It doesn't matter if we're from the East or the West or if we're a Catholic or if we're black or white or short or fat or whatever. Um, learn to love everyone, accept everyone, you know, mm -hmm. so... Well, and I think that's one of the main vibrations that you experience in class and as part of this. And without 
once again, I think it just lays this really unbelievable primer for what you experience when you come in here without even realizing it. And I think my first year studying with you, your book came to life in like a whole new way. And so to your point, I think it does describe medical Qigong so nicely, even if it's just planting the seeds that can blossom at the time that they have to be, you know, accessing that type of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So when you think about this book, and if you had to say like, because there is so much in this book, and and when you read it, you're going to go all over, like sometimes it feels like you are on some journey. Mm. And then you have to like, at the end, sit and understand all the places that you've been. Mm. If there is, well, number one, if I'm not somebody who's interested in becoming a healer, how do I know if I want to pick up and read this book? Um, what, how could this book benefit me if maybe I don't want to do medical Qigong, but I'm mm. intrigued by it because mm. Sam talks about it and mm. it's part of her growth. Mm. And you were, uh, you know, part of the HR intuitive book launch. I know a lot, you resonated mm. with a lot of people there as well. Um, mm. and so how can this add to their growth and development? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, the book has so many angles, but basically you know, not only do my students or prospective students read the book, but I've had all sorts of people read the book. And it's really, I see it as a manual for life. Mm-hmm. You know, it break down, breaks down the walls of religion and it basically gives you, you know, a, a code for how to live life the most efficient way, the most healthy way. And what I explain more than anything in the entire book is that we are all more than just physical beings we're spiritual beings we have a soul and the purpose on this life this plane this earth plane is to evolve and grow and learn from our lessons you know our mistakes and you know i believe taoism and medical qigong and just the theories whether you're practicing medical qigong or doing the exercises or or doing the protocols doesn't matter there's a philosophy of taoism that gives you a way to lead life in a healthy, happy way. And I believe that the world and with commercialism and uh, politics and all sorts of, you know, BS out there, they're not steering us towards the best way, you know? Mm -hmm. They're steering us towards bad health and violence and sex and drugs and things like that. Um, This just gives you uh, a path to, to be happy and healthy and to evolve so that we can grow into our next spiritual life whether that's heaven or another life you know if you believe in reincarnation or whatever you believe it progresses you it advances you for that next level Mm -hmm. you know so yeah when i think you know it is that manual because you remove so many obstacles or reasons why we would resist what you present in that book. And mm-hmm. one of them we have been hinting at is religion, but there's lots of others that I know that you touch on in there. Um, but even this is the first book that I've ever read where it gave me the permission to not feel like I wanted to fight you regarding religion, but it's okay to just open my mind mm. to what else might possibly be added to that narrative mm. that I was taught. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had, uh, I can tell you so many stories, but I've had patients come in. Uh, again, I'm an acupuncturist, so I've had patients come in and they 
they you know they've told me like that I had to pray for two weeks before I came in to for acupuncture because I thought it was of the devil and you know but I prayed and God said it was okay you know and I mean people have that fear you know they just you know it's just acupuncture it's needle it's we're all designed with the same what I call energetic anatomy in our in, in the book and you know we have the f- same physical anatomy doesn't matter if we're black or white or whatever uh, but we all have the same energetic anatomy too, which means we have acupuncture meridians in our body that are designed to be activated to heal the body. And again, it does not matter if you're Catholic or black or white or if you live in the East or the West or America or wherever. We all have this, this anatomy, and it's, it's waiting to be stimulated so we can be healed. So hopefully this book breaks down the walls of religion and our preconceived beliefs. And so many people have come to me, especially Catholics, um, and it makes me feel really good because people will come to me and say, you know, I carried so much guilt for so many years because of XYZ, and your book, you know, took that guilt away mm-hmm. and made me feel better about myself and what I'm doing in life, you know, because I had so much guilt because I was always being told that I was evil or I was bad or this was wrong, and so that makes me feel good, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that because I think I've said similar comments to you because coming in here, I thought the same thing. I had people telling me, very similar things using Mm -hmm. those words and making Mm -hmm. those judgments so you talk about this spiritual energetic anatomy and i think that's really important and especially for my audience this is the first time that they're hearing these kinds of words um you know they think acupuncture they just think somebody's poking them with needles um, and that it's super painful or it's something that we usually make fun of on tv that's typically how we're seeing it right now Um, so you talked about this energetic level that needs to be stimulated and is a root of healing can you just talk about Mm -hmm. that in greater detail about what is the significance of this energetic anatomy and spiritual Mm -hmm. anatomy why do we need that in contrast to just our physical body Mm -hmm. Uh, and what makes a difference to have this complementary medicine than just what western medicine is Mm -hmm. treating actively sure great question so basically if you are a God-fearing person, you believe in God and in the afterlife in heaven, you believe that you have a soul or a spirit, okay? And obviously, if you're on this planet, you believe you have a physical body. So you have the spiritual body and the physical body, but there's a bridge called the energetic body, and that's where the meridians and the energy within the body uh, support everything in life. Um, so that bridge allows, us, allows the physical body to communicate and interact with the spiritual body, to, to, to literally nourish the spiritual, uh, your soul. Mm-hmm. So as you're going through life, you can actually advance and become more enlightened during your process of life, which I believe is the goal of life. We should all be advancing spiritually because that's why we're put on earth. Um, so this energetic anatomy is the bridge. And uh, this is where the energy of the meridians is. This is where our, our emotions are. So. Anybody that says, oh, I don't believe in energy, then what are our emotions? Our emotions are energy. You know, you can't go to a doctor and get your anger levels measured or your anxiety levels measured. It's all based on your feelings, your energy, because energy is invisible, but it definitely exists. Um, If it didn't exist, we wouldn't be paying our electric bills, our Mm -hmm. gas bills, uh, you know, buying food for our body, which needs energy. So the Chinese thousands of years ago, uh, carefully, slowly, over hundreds of years, millennia, um, mapped this energy in the body, and they found this energetic anatomy. Um, so 
it's just this fascinating bridge like I said and when stimulated you can heal your body you can release you know toxic emotions and trauma from the body and more most importantly you can advance spiritually you know because when our emotions as an example you know if we're carrying chronic anger you know and emotions are like trash you know they're normal and and regular and everyone has them mm -hmm. but if the trash builds up in your house um, and it's never taken out you know you're gonna have trouble you know the house is gonna stink and all sorts of things so the body is the same way emotions build up in, in our body and that's when people have anger issues and you know kill people and do all sorts of you know violent things or anxiety can cripple people um, worry fear I mean emotions can paralyze us so Chinese medicine gives you tools to just take out the trash you know mm -hmm. purge these emotions which is just so uh, it affects the physical body but also it uh, affects your spiritual growth on this planet so so you use the word spirituality and religion differently and I think some of us link those together and there's commonalities there but if you had to define spirituality when someone's listening and trying to de determine if I'm a spiritual person or a spiritual being, what, what does that entail? So I'll give you an example. I was raised Catholic, very strict Catholic, and believed in the Catholic faith. Um, and when I wrote the book, a lot of people come to me and say, you know, are you still Catholic? I say, no. I say, what? You know, I say, I'm still Christian. In fact, I'm, I have a stronger relationship with Christ than I've ever had in my life. And that was because of Eastern religion. You know, I was able to break down the walls of religion and use these tools from the East to enhance my Christian faith. So I still believed in Jesus the whole time, um, but I let go of the dogma and the rules and the, what I call crap of the Catholic Church because I didn't, you know, I don't believe the Catholic Church preaches exactly what Jesus preached. And I think the, you know, I could go into that a, a, a lot, but, um, you know, religion sometimes binds you, you know, and spirituality is just the art of nourishing and enhancing your spirit. And I don't think it necessarily matters what tools you're using as long as it's enhancing your spirituality in a healthy way. I'm sure there's some religions that aren't so good out there or spiritual paths that aren't so good, but um, what I've seen in the Eastern religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, they're very clean, effective religions, and they're not forcing you to preach or, or follow one God. They're just teaching you a way of life to become the best you. So Yeah. There's a huge, I wouldn't say huge movement now. I think it's always been there, but what you're seeing with coming off the pandemic and everyone doing this soul searching, because I think we are awakening up and elevating energetically all together mm. um, but I see a lot of interest in books that are written by Buddhists who have been open to Christian beliefs mm. um, and they describe their relationship with how they view Jesus and the Holy Spirit and breaking all that down very similar to what your conclusions were coming from the other side in mm. uh, and so I, I, I agree with you I mean I think all these religions are you know rooted in belief systems where they learn the way that they learn through their upbringing, but really we're talking about a collective whole here mm -hmm. uh, and trying to sort through the divisiveness. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, you've, mm -hmm. you've helped me to be able to articulate things that I felt beneath the surface but had no idea how to really mm -hmm. own them or mm -hmm. 
put them to rest so that mm. I could grow and evolve as a yeah. spiritual being as well. Yeah. 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 And I'm proud of you for what you've done. And, you know, you asked the question earlier, like, what's the purpose or path of the book and how uh, outside of people outside of my students who are reading it what's the purpose of it and you're a perfect example because you are in human resources and you took my book and the information from my courses and applied it to your job and you're making the workplace a much healthier happier place and I think that's just amazing I'm so proud of you so uh, you know I think the tools in this book can make anyone's life better no matter what you're doing, you know, it enhances everything in life. So. Well, and I think to your point, that's a great example of talking about the term spirituality. I mean, the way that you helped me reframe that is what allowed it to be the channel to bridge it into business mm. because I had always linked it to religion and you mm. gave me permission to look at that completely different. And now I think spirituality and personal professional growth are almost all in the same bucket they're all mm. part of the same thing yep. in order for us to live a life which is what you're talking about you yep. know yeah work is absolutely. not separate from life <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and it's all about health you know i think people you know with religion people don't think of it as health and i think in my book that's what i'm trying to clarify is your physical health affects your emotional energetic health and your emotional energetic health affects your spiritual life so it's all connected so just changing your diet can affect your emotions it can affect your spirit you know anything that makes you healthier ultimately affects your spirit um, so it's all connected it's all about health so so I guess just um, uh, for somewhat entertainment purposes but also to validate my credibility one of the things that my audience gives me a little bit of slack about is your napping rituals and that mm. I have highlighted in my previous book, but then also have talked about several times because I've integrated them personally and you definitely have allowed me to look at rest in a completely different way mm. um, because of the way that you invited into your life and you're very uh, respectful of that boundary. Like there's very few things that I've seen you bypass that ritual for mm. uh, something has to really need a urgent attention for Ted mm. not to take his nap. Mm. Mm. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about, because I don't think I've ever asked you, like how that, like, have you always been a nap person? Mm. When did that really originate for you? And really what's the intention behind that? Because there's, mm. there's all kinds of controversy around naps, mm. but I mm. think that is one of the most powerful examples that you've instilled in me as mm. to really taking care of yourself and honoring mm. your body, mm. um, going against what is probably not the norm. Mm. So yeah, that's a great question. Um, so basically, when I was younger, I was go, 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 just push, 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 and I got to achieve this and do this, and, and I burnt out. You know, it's part of the reason I got sick in my 20s. I was just always pushing and always going and just always trying to please people and never stopping, and I burnt out. I mean, I was exhausted. I, my body was filled with pain. Uh, I wasn't taking care of myself, and actually, the napping thing started uh, when I was in acupuncture school. I was working a full-time job. I was in a stressful relationship. I was dealing with a lot of financial stress. So stress was hitting me from all angles. And I was going to night school every night after work and on the weekends. So I had no time. And the only free time, I, well, pretty much the only free time I had is at lunch during my job. I'd have like an hour, hour, 15 minutes break. So I'd run off, get food, get a quick lunch, throw it down, and then sit in my car, like outside my office. And just, I was so tired that I'd fall asleep. And I was never a napper. Uh, but I trained myself. I learned how to sleep because I was just so exhausted at that point in my life. And I started to like it. It was like it kind of gave me a rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. So long story short, 
I still do it today, even though my health is a lot better because I'm still go, go, go. I like to do a lot of things and um, I like to achieve and accomplish things and travel and do crazy stuff. But uh, napping uh, allows my body to recharge. And as you might remember from class, prayer, meditation, and sleep are what nourishes the soul and recharges the soul, not just the body. Mm -hmm. So uh, sleep, uh, it's like it gives the balance between yin and yang. So because I'm very young, very expansive and active, I like to take that midday nap to recharge and balance the yin energy. Yeah. So so I just had to make sure I have that on recording for future reference so I can yes. show people that I'm not making it up. <laughs> yes, yes, naps are good, very healthy. And uh, I understand, you know, some people tell me, oh, I can't nap in the middle of the day because I, I would never be able to get back up. And I used to be that way too. If I took a nap, you know, I'd be zonked and but. I just somehow train myself to take even sometimes a 15-minute nap, you know, mm -hmm. and I can get right up and keep going. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, Ted, I've been very grateful for this conversation and you sharing uh, with us about your writing process and the themes in the book and the powerful things that you've learned from that, um, from your entire journey, because I think it's just, it's huge and it's been very significant in my life. Is there anything else that you want to share in regards to the book or anything else in general? Uh, no, just to reiterate, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I encourage people to embrace uh, alternative methods of healing and Eastern methods of healing. Uh, personally, it's been such a powerful tool in my life. It just completely has changed my life. And one thing that we didn't touch on is I was an emotional mess. Like I had paralyzing uh, anxiety, like social anxiety. Mm -hmm anger issues, fear, worry, and, you know, going through the whole process I went through with this uh, journey, it helped me purge the emotional stuff, which changed my physical health, which allowed me to develop a deeper spiritual path and relationship with God, and it just changes your whole life, so um, not saying you have to join my classes or even read my book, but embrace some of the, the patterns of, um, you know, of the the east you know Taoism the Taoism just means the way the way to the easy life or the healthy life mm -hmm. so uh, I encourage it for everyone well and I will echo your comments and say that if you're hesitant to look at any of those philosophies this book is a great bridge um, and it keeps it safe so that you can explore and learn without feeling like you're picking up something that's a little too out there for you mm -hmm. so thank you for the work that you have done in all areas of your life, but very grateful for this book, very grateful that, for the relationship that we had, and very grateful for you being willing to be on the podcast. Thank you very much, Sam. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Heartworker Book Club podcast. I hope that it served you. And if it did, the best way that you can support this podcast is by leaving a review on your favorite listening platform. And until next time, happy reading and writing.